Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America, where we are here every time to warn the nation from a biblical perspective. There's a lot of seeds we're sowing that do not turn well out well without a mid-course correction. And we're here every time to help you respond in faith, whether that's you as an individual or helping you with others corporately respond in faith. And that's actually got more of our are uh, related to our topic here today, because we're talking about seeking God for revival, seeing God move corporately. And this can happen to us as individuals, but we want to see something happen in our church, church-wide. We want to see things happen that influence communities and even the whole nation. And so I'm excited to welcome both of my guests that are going to help me unfold this topic today. And so Welcome to Bob Larson, who's directing Abundant Harvest Ministries. And Bob, uh, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. And I know God's put so much on your heart related to this topic for many, many years. I can't wait to dive in. But just before we do, I'll come right back to you, Bob. But before we do, I got to jump over here to Pastor Scott Cernick from Peace Church in Christ in Browntown, Wisconsin. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. And so if you're wondering where Browntown is, it's in southern Wisconsin, not too far from Monroe, Wisconsin, if anybody's familiar with that larger city, not a huge city, but it's larger than Browntown by a little bit. <laughs> and so anyway, Scott, so grateful you're here and that I know God's been putting so much on your heart and I want to jump into that right away. Um, but first, we're going to go over here to Bob and Bob you are experiencing a personal revival. Something happened to you personally in mid-November. Can you just share a little bit about what led up to that, what's happened, and maybe describe a bit about what it means or feels like, looks like to live in personal revival? Well, I think for a number of a number of months, I, I was being broken. Um, just events were happening to me that um, I, I I had no control over, um, and uh, I in hindsight is always you know 2020. But uh, I felt like for the previous year I was being broken, and uh, uh, I think I died in a sense. Uh, I I was faced with maybe looking at myself, I think when you get older, you look at yourself a little bit and, and, uh, I, I wasn't measuring up and I, I knew there was distance between me and God. And, uh, I just began to seek him. And, uh, just like the scripture says, if you seek him, you'll find him when you seek him with all of your heart. And I think that's, that's a key seeking God with all of your heart. So Bob, it was mid, it was mid-November. You've been seeking him. You just said that God was breaking you of certain issues and, and you died to self and so forth. So what actually happened here in mid-November that was such a dramatic change? Um, it felt as though the, though the blinders came off and I experienced something that I hadn't experienced since I was a young one in the Lord uh, 30 some years ago. Uh, and I believe that God is wanting to restore his people to that first love place, that place where, uh, 
you love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And God's wanting that for his people to be broken loose from, from uh, uh, distractions of this world and just have a relationship with him. A lot like when you first began. That's beautiful. And can you just share a little bit over the last roughly five months or so since that's been going on? And I guess this is not abated. And so like, what has life been like for you as a Christian? It's just, it's been wonderful. Um, you experience, uh, um, and you know this, David, that that uh, I read Psalm 91 and that that psalm has literally become a reality in my life. I am living in that psalm. And that is where God wants his children to be, living in the realities of Scripture, not just reading it, but living in it and experiencing all the good things that God has for them. So beginning in Psalm 91, verse 1 there, you're sensing like never before that you actually are dwelling or living in the shelter of the Most High and in the shadow of the Almighty and those things. And I know the whole psalm is like super powerful for you, but that is verse 1. That is what you're talking about to a, a significant degree, right? Yep. And you you can only, you can only live there uh, if you practice what what the last part of that psalm says because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call me and answer and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble i will honor him and deliver him with long life i will satisfy him and show him my salvation but it's all because of setting your love upon God, to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul. Wow, that's, when I think of revival, I think of things that shift from being like a concept in the Bible to a reality in our lives. And Bob, that is what you're talking about. Amen. And um, want to shift to Scott here in just a moment, because Scott's really moving in this as well, but this is a corporate experience in his church. So we're going to get there to you, Scott, here in just a second. But I just want to mention everybody that these terms mean anything and everything out there when people throw around words like revival and so forth. And what we're talking about here today is we're talking about what's what Bob just described. And that is that that we are being revived in our faith. We're already believers. It's a revival among God's people. And when it spills over the lost and we see people start coming to faith, we actually call that a spiritual awakening. And so uh, the thrust in the scriptures is that God would revive his people and then we would be empowered by him, full of faith, of uh, speaking the words of truth from the scriptures, etc. And then we're, we're moving out to make a huge difference in our communities and culture and so forth. So, um, so if you've, if you've not been around these terms before, that's at least where we're coming from, is that Bob just described in his own life that he's been a believer for many, many years, but he's been revived. And that's what we want to see happen to every believer. And then that will spill over into a spiritual awakening. So, Scott, um, 
God put you on a journey here about three years ago. Can you explain what happened and, you know, obviously weaving in this, these revival themes? Yes. Um, you know, it was 38 years ago as I was listening to Bob's story when, when my heart just became uh, uh, just full of desire for God. I was at, I was at uh, a, a state university and I was invited to a, my brother was going to Bible college and I, he invited me down for a weekend and uh, they had special speakers and I just, I just felt an overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit grab my heart. And from that moment on, I was 21 years old and I, I wanted to do ministry for my savior. And so then my life took uh, some different directions. I became a teacher and, and a coach, and I loved pouring my heart into my teams. And then, then God called me into becoming a church planter. So along with my teaching and coaching, I planted a church and pastored for 20 years. And it was a church where we set up our chairs every Sunday in a part of the school where I taught. We set up chairs and a sound system. And I just, we raised our family and I, I longed to see God move among people. And, and uh, six years ago, he called my wife and I back to this tiny little church, this tiny little community. And you might say it, it was a church that was, that was dying. Maybe I, I, there were some beautiful believers here that were praying for God to do something. And he brought me here. And at the same time, he, he just overwhelmingly, uh, moved in my spirit to pray for a revival among the people in the church. And like you said, Dave, that it would spill over into an awakening in the community. And so, but it had to begin in the hearts of, of believers. And I just interject Scott real quick why this is so important is if God doesn't revive us first and we go out and lead people to Christ, we're inviting them to a subpar church. Now, this might sound a little extreme, yeah. but it's just to make a point. And that is, we don't want new believers that are excited to come to a dead church. Yeah. And so it's so <laughs> vital that we experience that reviving. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking as you were speaking, Scott, that you, you can't give what you don't have. And if, if you don't have rivers of living water pouring out of you, how are you going to give that Amen. to somebody else? That's so true, Bob. And that was my desire. I wanted to be that lead the revival by opening up and seeing God work in a deeper way in my own heart. And I just to just stop my story for a second and go to Joel 2 in that chapter, it's got those famous verses about, I will pour out my spirit. But there's also in verse 12, it says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with feast, with fasting and weeping and mourning, rend your heart. I circled that in my Bible, 
rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. But a rendering of, of just a longing. So I'm so what God, we were preaching through the book of Acts and we came to, to Acts chapter three. And Peter and John, it says, are on their way to the temple at, at three o'clock or at the ninth hour to pray. And they did this every day. And on the way, you know the story, there was a lame man who was asking for a, a handout. And Peter and John said, you know, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ that rise up and walk. And that's a great, great miracle. But what hit me was Peter and John were going to the temple every day. And, you know, we come to the, to the church building once a week or twice a week, every day. And they were going to pray. And God just said, organize your people to pray every day. And you'll see me do something. And so we started that. It was in, it was just before. Uh, the country, the whole world went off the deep end. It was September of 2019, or I mean, August of 2019. And we began to pray and God began to work. And shortly after that, Dave, we got connected. Bob, somehow we, well, we were talking about revival and then, and then we, so we had a couple of, of, uh, meetings at our church with you folks but we continued to pray every day and we continued to open the scriptures and and god has really been has he's really uh revived the hearts of the believers and now we're seeing it spread in in as an awakening call to those that that either are are very very uh nominal believers or they don't they're coming to Christ for the first time. So that's exciting. And um, if I remember right, that COVID was a little bit more of an impetus behind that. I, I don't know if I'm getting this quite right, but I think you said that you're in this revival, like seeking and, and seeking God and that heart for revival already. But then it was something like uh, uh, the Lord uh, really spoke into your heart to um, seek him like never before. It was that yeah. right about the time that COVID broke out. That was exactly true. In fact, Dave, God, God put a message on my heart, and it was those words you just said. And I, I made it the theme for our year in 2019. So in January of 2019, the, the message he gave me was, trust the Lord like never before. And I was like, and I, and I asked the Lord, I said, why in the world? You know, things are going pretty good. The economy is pretty good. <laughs> um uh, we were seeing your spirit, but trust the Lord like never before. And then, you know, we, we got into the whole COVID realm and took a, we took a very short time off of meeting at the church, five weeks, but we continued to meet at the park and in the parking lot and then back into the church five weeks. And, and we just never looked back and people were looking, I think, for a church that wasn't afraid uh, to keep on meeting and to keep on. Uh, digging into God's word and digging into revival. And so, yeah, God was really good. So Scott, with it being 
uh, since uh, the 2019, moving into the fall there when you began to pray, and then all the COVID stuff, and now it's uh, spring 2023. Like any highlights over that? Any quick highlights, or even just more recently, anything that that really you were like, wow, God's been working. Well, you know, Dave, for 20 years we pastored. I pastored in in, in a little larger community, and in our church, uh, it was always a vibrant, spirit-filled church, but we never saw a numerical growth. It was always an encouraging core group. And so I would say every week for, for the last year, we've seen God uh, working through, through uh, not only spiritual growth, but numerical growth. And so we, you know, we have seen our numbers not that that's what we care about. We care about the spirit of God doing his work, but we have seen our numbers take a significant growth. We're looking at going to two services and just uh, letting God do what he, you know, what, what he's doing through our movement of prayer. Well, you know, they did record numbers in the book of Acts, and it was, uh, and it's so important, though, that we think about this, especially in our American culture, where we could too easily become numbers driven. And I know you're not that way, Scott, but it's just important to realize that um, that numbers don't drive us, but oh my goodness, when God works, it certainly gives us a reason to rejoice. And so anyway, I know that's your heart. And um, so guys, um, we're going to jump into a bunch of things here uh, and so forth. But first, I just feel like I need to put this in now and we'll revisit it later. But Bob, you really have felt that God has called you here. I'm probably starting in May and maybe even as long as through August, but God has called you to do some um, meetings to seek God for revival among his people, especially. Now we're not going to, we're not going to resist if God wants to bring a whole bunch of people into, into his family in terms of coming to Christ. But, but the focus at least is initially like we've been talking about, like with God's people. And he, you believe that he's called you to lead this initiative um, in the Mississippi river Valley, all the way from Minnesota down to uh, Louisiana in the Gulf. And so anyway, the, the long and the short of it is, um, Bob, just just touch on that a bit. Like I said, we'll we'll visit it again here at the end of the podcast. But touch on that, and you're actually looking for some participation. You're looking for some help here, uh, so mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, um, if if I look at this from a human perspective, this would be an impossible thing uh, because it it requires me to go into a community where no mo- no one knows me from Adam and to establish a relationship with some connective type churches. Um, I, I just noticed that it only happens because of God intervenes. He brings people along my path. I can't move unless he do, does something. And I'm reminded of the scripture where uh, Moses was in an intimate place with the Lord. And, and he said, uh, he said to the Lord, if, if you don't go, we're staying. If you don't go with us, we're not, we're not going. And that's why I feel about this whole thing. If, if he doesn't do it, if he doesn't do it, it's not going to be done uh, because it's really an impossible uh, feat. But uh, I guess my biggest need is to reach people that are connectors 
in these different towns that I will be going to towns and cities uh, to organize these revivals. Um, uh, and so far I've seen some really, really neat things happen. Um, just uh, two days ago, I, I called someone that I knew from Tomo, Wisconsin. This is an acquaintance from years and years ago. He was a teenager practically when I knew him back then. And uh, he put me in contact with uh, uh, a very <laughs> entrepreneurial type person who, who actually uh, organized a hundred churches in a citywide praise in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And I mean, that's, that's how it happens. Mm. And uh, I, I can see God's hand all over it. So if there are people out there listening to this and they can help you out connecting you uh, either within their church or maybe other friends, family, or another church that is like, let's just say, in that general vicinity of the Mississippi River, um, who would they contact? How would they get a hold of you? Well, uh, uh, you can email our ministry. It's uh, awaken at gmail.com. Excellent. Yeah. So please, everybody that's listening to this, please think about this, pray about this. Who do you know that would be in the general vicinity of the Mississippi River um, and that that Bob will be doing these meetings? And by the way, I'm planning on joining you at least for some of these as well as Scott is. And um, I've just loved hearing these guys preach and their hearts for revival as we've already heard on this podcast. It's going to be awesome. And who knows, maybe there'll be a couple of these where all three of us can go <laughs> together. And uh, and uh, I don't know if that'll help or not, but it'll be a lot more exciting in some ways to have three of us. So, well, um, and Dave, if I could interject, I think God has put us together. All of us have been praying in our own way for revival, for God to use us. And look, He's brought us together out of the blue. And uh, you know, when I was telling that story about Peter and John going to the temple, I didn't complete how how I organized our church to I, I had everyone set their cell phones for 12 noon and when the alarm goes off we say a prayer for revival every day we've done it now for almost well almost four years so you know that's we need to pray get and, and organize a group to keep praying for Bob and these I and you know this whole plan God's really been heart for um, prayer and a, a scripture that he brought to mind was in Zechariah 10 and it says ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain mm. and we mm. know uh, if you go online and you punch in revival revival is taking place throughout the country revival is taking place throughout the world and so this is the time, and and God's word says we're to pray for it. We're to pray for this this season of time, and for His outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in terms of these kinds of meetings, um, uh, I just want to highlight too, because I know it's on all three of our hearts, because we see it even in Joel too that you were reading a minute ago, Scott. And I know Bob, this is your heart because you've told me many times, but that is that. We also want to get low before the Lord. And so we've also mentioned prayer here and seeking him that way. Also getting low before the Lord in, 
includes humility in repentance. And we don't see a revival in the scriptures apart from God's people coming to him humbly. And in, in many cases, uh, uh, seeking the Lord and, and rending our garments, like Joel 2 says, tearing our garments because we see the evil in the land and we see the evil in our own lives. And we're rend rending our hearts, not our garments, as it says, um, to, to, to come in that contrition, that that humble posture, brokenness over our sin, over the sin of the nation, and these kinds of things. And so it's huge stuff. And um, maybe we could just talk a little bit more here as we go um, about um, some key scriptures that stick out. I, I know we've already talked about a couple here, but are there any other scriptures that stick out to you when you think of like, wow, this stirs my heart to see God move in this, this powerful corporate way? Well, the first thing that I, um, and I know this to be true, is God is longing for his people to return to their first love. So Revelation 2, uh, verse 1, and and throughout uh, this letter to the to the church of Ephesus, and he says, I have this one thing against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. That is huge. That is huge. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in my quiet time with the Lord, he, he uh, impressed upon me how important first things are, first love, first child, first anything. And he began to show me, like through the Bible, that his first man committed spiritual adultery against him. His, uh, the first king uh, departed from him. And, and all these first... And uh, our first love is, is a very special thing, and God wants us to come back to that with him. Yeah, it really does come back to first love, loving him. And you know what's interesting? We are often do need to talk about specific areas of repentance, specific sins, and that's in five of the seven churches that you just talked about, Bob, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Um, but, you know, if we love him, it's amazing how many of those sin problems or, or compromises suddenly go away because we're loving him. We're devoted to him. We are captured by him. And that is what we would love to see spread across America. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's triggered my own personal revival is, is looking at the state of the world, how close we are to rapture, the return of Christ, and we went through uh, with our men, we studied all the way through the book of Revelation. Then we studied through the book of Daniel. And in Daniel 9, uh, Daniel's about to receive this, this uh, just great awakening prophecy about the 70 weeks of seven years, uh, you know, for the nation Israel. And But before he received any of that, he went into this tremendous time of prayer and confession. It says in Daniel 9, 4, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands, we have sinned. And you know, Daniel, 
Daniel was an incredibly godly man. And, but he didn't say, you know, he didn't say, uh, they have sinned, you know, mm-hmm. these, these Jewish people, these Hebrews, he said, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have, and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands. We have not listened. And he says, Lord, you are righteous. But, you know, Bob, Bob shared with me a book called Humility. Uh, Bruce, no, what was the, who's the author? Is it Norman Grubb? No. Um. Uh, Sorry. It's a simple word. He lived in the 1800s, but the book, Bob told me, says, he handed me this book. We did a little uh, time of revival here at our church with with Bob. And uh, he gave me this book and said, this is the best book I've ever read outside of the Bible. And I went home and I read it in just a few hours. And uh, the book, like I said, it's called Humility. And it, it really calls us not just to be humble, but to um, that, that our very core would be humility. The core of who we are is humility. So not just act humbly, but to be humble. So necessary because just the Christian life in general, it says both in First Peter 5 and James 4, that God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I, I'm concerned that sometimes we can even be thinking about revival, but we haven't really come to that humble place yet where God can really give us favor. Amen. Oh, and, that, and that's where I see Daniel in a deep humility. And after he prays, God comes and reveals to him tremendous mysteries. And, and then he says, seal it up, Daniel, till the time of the end. <laughs> so Daniel got all these things, but he didn't get the, the joy of, of uh, maybe understanding them to the depth that we do today. So, You know, I, I think that uh, we, we all have no idea of how our culture has influenced us personally. I, if, if we would just get quiet and ask the Lord to do inventory, he would show us, he would show us how far we are from the mark. And I, I believe that's what I went through prior to November. When I did inventory, I fell far short of that mark and uh it left me to cry out before god i remember one particular night at a at a meeting with believers and uh we were in the middle of praise and worship and i i cried out to the lord and i said god if if i don't see the restoration of your people i'll die <laughs> i i have to see this because she put it in my heart so long ago the, just the the power of of the various scriptures that speak to this. I, I appreciate Bob as well that you brought up earlier um, streams of living water from John chapter seven verses thirty seven through thirty nine. That's to me just captures a revived believer, a revived community. Is that there are streams of living water, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just I just think of uh, Romans fourteen where it says the kingdom of God is not 
about eating and drinking, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. A revived person is experiencing really great stuff. And it does spill over to family members, neighbors, friends, people at work, and so forth. And so, so that's a huge one. I just want to um, also highlight here, um, in addition to Joel 2 that we talked about earlier, as well as Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and thank you, Scott, for Daniel 9. All this is great stuff. Another one is uh, Psalm 85, and I'll, I'll, I'll just read that quick, starting in verse 6. It says, will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? So, you know, praise God for that. Back in Psalm 80, it talks about a similar idea of God bringing revival and that we won't depart from God. And so these are just, it's, these are very important scriptures. And I, and sometimes um, I just wish that in the body of Christ, that we were more aware of God's great work of revival in America. And I would say revival slash great awakenings. And sometimes I think we almost were talking like a foreign language sometimes within the body of Christ. And we say, Hey, let's seek out for revival or whatever. It's like, we're not sure what that is, but it's a huge part of American history and how people, godly people, leaders, um, both in uh, colleges and as well as um, uh, pastors and so forth, uh, even civic leaders, they would seek God for a special season and move of his spirit. And I, I would love it if uh, if we can just remember that, that this is, uh, this is actually a big part of our nation's history. That's so good. Yes. So actually, I'd, I'd like to read just a couple quotes, and these go from way back, but, but just to help us understand that this was something that the whole body of Christ looked for. And this first one's actually from uh, before America was America. We were colonial America. And this is quotes comes from about around 1700. And uh, this is actually the, the vice president of Harvard University. So when I say these notable figures, I mean, these are people that are not in some corner. This is like mainstream. And this is what he said. His name's Samuel Willard. And he said this, if one generation begins to decline, the next that follows usually grows worse and the next worse and so on till what till god pours out his spirit again upon them and so he realized that this is the critical event that yes we want to have better bible study curriculum or, or sunday school curriculums or or messages or whatever god puts on our hearts and shows us we want all that stuff but what he's identifying here is the thing that really changes uh, the course of a nation, the course of a community, the course of a church, it is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, it's just powerful stuff. One, one more, and, and maybe we can discuss this a little bit, but um, this is from uh, the Reverend uh, uh, Porter of Farm Farmington, Connecticut. And he was swept up in 1802 when God moved at Yale College, now Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut, but still that God moved in that university. And he says this, and he was a student at the time, the grace which some of them had witnessed and of which they were all informed in churches abroad. So let's just stop a moment here. He's talking about a great revival and awakening that was happening in England. And so this would have been in the, the early 1790s. And he's saying that everybody's heard about this. That's what he says, what they've witnessed and which we've all been informed about. Yeah, now I'm going to go on. Um, he says th th that we long to see this at the college, again, at Yale College. 
that God would pour out his spirit upon the campus was an object of their earnest desire and their fervent and united prayers. For many months, they were accustomed to meet weekly for prayers and supplications for this object. And what object is it? We just said it, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, in early in 1802, indications of a gracious answer to their prayers began to appear. And so, you know, it's like, if we're ignoring God moving in this way, in these dramatic ways, we're not seeking him and setting the table, as we said, through prayer and repentance and humility and so forth. If we're not doing that, we've really departed from our own history here in this nation. Well, you know, Dave, we, we've, we've been a little bit reticent in the evangelical church uh, to ask for such bold things like pour out your spirit upon us because it sometimes it, it's got a negative connotation that we've we've gone, but that's exactly what we've been praying at our evangelical Bible church here is pour out your spirit. We were we were praying or we are praying, come Holy Spirit, pour yourself out to us. And uh and then we anchor all that in just in just Bible study, Bible teaching, expository preaching, verse by verse. Bible studies and and that prayer pour out your spirit and and I think that's what this sounds like this Yale president was asking you know just pour it out God yeah and there's many church leaders from that era and so forth that talked this exact same way and God responds um, I think there's a deficit at the moment of the presence of God in these United States. And I think that God's people are longing for that presence. And it is that earnest desire and prayer. God will answer his people if they will pray. He said in the gospel, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. He always yep. leaves the ball in our court. And don't you think, Bob, that Many, many believers don't even realize it's available. They need leaders yep. to teach about it and to proclaim it. And we people come into our church here and they say that somebody just gave a testimony on this on Sunday. They said, the moment we walk into this church, we know the spirit of God is here. And that's that's something you can't force. You can't tell people the spirits here you know they feel it they feel him there's an actual drawing and uh, a drawing of him in the people and the people sense it and god i believe is very involved in these special seasons of drawing people powerfully sometimes supernaturally i've heard stories of somebody actually driving into a town where god was working like this and they just suddenly were overwhelmed pulled over their car in tears and started mm -hmm. repenting hadn't even heard a message or <laughs> didn't even know what was going on and there's many stories like like this and throughout history. I remember um, of a ship um, coming over here in, um, I'm trying to remember the, the era. I believe it was in the, um, 
later 1800s, early 1900s. But the point is the ship got close to America where there was a, a revival going on and it was close to New York City. And people, uh, the, the ship captain signaled them on shore that as soon as they landed, they have a, a pastor, a preacher ready because as they got closer to the mainland, uh, people on the ship started coming under conviction of sin and they started crying out for mercy and they needed a pastor right away. They didn't have apparently have one. And so wow. anyway, just amazing what God yeah. can do um, during, uh, during these special seasons. Yep. And he's, he wants to do it. If we're, if we'll make the effort to ask him and do it on a consistent basis, yeah, God wants us more than we even imagine we want it. Um, uh, I was thinking as you were speaking earlier about um, the scripture, my sheep hear my voice, and they will come to this when they hear his voice. Not our voices necessarily, but his voice through us. Yeah, and when I've been part of some seasons of revival and in different th- ways where God's been moving, I... Uh, uh, I th- we do sense his presence. And like you're saying, Bob, hear his voice in, in different ways at different times. And there's that, again, that that drawing where um, in the last podcast, actually, that we did, if anybody wants to look it up, we talked about the Asbury revival and the way forward from here. Now that Asbury had happened here recently, where do, how do we go forward as Christians? Uh, it's uh, podcast number 193, if everybody wa- anybody wants to find that and listen to that. Um, it's at the YouTube Forerunners of America channel number 193. But one thing we talked about there is I was um, discussing this with Lane Johnson, who was in, uh, he was the main preacher of a six week revival where they met every night. And mm-hmm. it was this exact thing we're talking about. People were encountering God such powerful ways directly. And uh, as Lane explains the story, um, is that they had meetings almost every night for six weeks. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? Well, God, God is there. God mm-hmm. is manifesting. People don't want to leave these meetings and they can't wait for the next night. And so it's just a matter of being centered on, on God himself and on his manifest presence and to keep continue to, you know, seek and walk with him when this starts to happen. That's one thing that I, uh, I'd like to share with the audience. And I've shared this with you, Dave, many times. So uh, one of the since November 19th, one thing that uh, that's happened to me is I, I have a tendency to get up about three o'clock in the morning, three to four every day, and I, uh, I can't stay in bed because I'm, I have to know what God's going to be saying to me today. And uh, that renewed first love is, is truly like a first love experience where you can't wait to be with the other person. Hmm. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up on that note because that is exactly what Jesus taught us here. Revelation chapter two, verses one through eight, return to me, your first love. However, before we, we uh, officially end here, uh, Bob, just any final words? Again, we want you, uh, anybody listening to this, if you, are aware of people in the Mississippi River Valley area um, from Minnesota all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, anywhere. Uh, if you want to uh, invite Bob and potentially Scott or I will join him. But the point being is that um, uh, 
please, uh, please contact Bob. And Bob, any final word as well as we want your contact info one more time? Uh, we need help all the way around. Um, I know where I, I suffer the most is uh, technological help uh, with computers. Um, I wasn't born in, in the 80s, uh, so I could use real help from young people, really, uh, in, in that department. Um, but as far as my, my contact information, you can email me at bharvest, that's B-H-A-R-V-E-S-T-A-W-A-K-E-N at gmail.com. Beharvestawaken at gmail.com. All right. And I'm looking forward to seeing when this actually gets rolling here in May. And then um, as as we said earlier, potentially going from city to city, town to town, meeting to meeting, um, uh, through August. Uh, and Scott, any final word? It's got to be brief, but any yeah. final oh, word? I would just say organize a group of people to set your phone, uh, cell phones for 12 noon and pray for revival because God is doing it through our prayers. And uh, yeah, so that's my challenge. Tell your pastor, tell your friends to, to pray at noon for revival. Great. And I just want to remind everybody, those scriptures we went over earlier, super important to root everything in the scriptures, digest the scriptures we talked about in this podcast, and then respond in faith because God promises believers streams of living water. That's personal revival. And he, I believe if we will come together and humble ourselves and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, I believe that he will come and visit us corporately in a whole church, in a community. And then when it spills over to the community, we'll be seeing the lost come to, to faith in dramatic numbers. So respond in faith. Let's believe God for these things. And I look forward to being with you next time on Insights.